0: Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Throwing Up Bricks podcast. We're here at it again. Episode 10. Still here. Still cooking. And guess what? It's preview time. I'm Jared and he's Jake. The technical name for fear of long words
1: is called Dialophilia.
0: Wow. I am really impressed that you didn't struggle more with that. You scared? <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of scared of that word. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Boo. Jeez. Um yeah, so uh we're here on a Sunday, coming to you on a Sunday morning, um August 16th and we thought we'd uh we thought we'd start with the Western Conference. We thought we'd we preview the Western Conference. Um we will preview both. I think we'll do the East in a separate pod because there's just too much stuff to cover. We know we're going to get bogged down and we kind of want to we want to keep these to a manageable length, you know, keep them to like 30-ish minutes, 35. Um so yeah, uh I think we should just let's just launch in. I mean, I got nothing else to housekeeping wise other than as always you can reach out to us at uh throwing up jj at gmail.com. That's our email. If you want to reach out to us once again, that's throwingupbricksjj at gmail.com. No spaces, no caps, no periods, just the pod name of the JJ at the end.
1: And as usual, we're available on Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast, and Spotify.
0: Yep, yep, yep on all of them now i'm so proud of myself (laughs) um all right so let's just let's get into it then all right all right so before we get into the western conference recap do you want to do some thoughts on like uh the blazers uh grizzlies game that we just had yesterday Mm -hmm. i mean that was awesome game that was oh my god felt Um, like a
1: playoff game felt like a game seven almost
0: it did. It felt like a warm up for these playoff games or, or maybe not even a warm up. Like, you know, they hit their stride already. Um, yeah. The the Blazers down the Grizzlies 126 to 122. And it was, it was a good game. It was close all the way. I was just kind of really proud of both teams. They all laid it out there on the floor. I, I know saying proud kind of makes me sound like I'm John Moran's dad or something. Good job out there, son. Um But, <laughs> but, but it's, seriously, I was just like so happy that both teams, you know, they didn't leave anything left in the tank. They were, They were exhausted at the end of that one. Because in the first quarter, I'll be honest, the moment looked a little too big for Memphis, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Did you get that feeling? I mean, they came out like sloppy. I thought it was going to be a
1: blowout, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blazers jumped on them from the get-go. But credit to them, man. They pulled it together in those second and third quarters and and really made it a game down the stretch.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they took the lead over in the fourth quarter at a couple points, I think.
0: Yeah, they did. Yeah, they they extended like a, a decent-sized lead in the fourth, I think, the beginning of the fourth or maybe the end of mm-hmm. the third. Um, and big performances from all the names you really want to see, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Jaw had his career-high, 35. What what a performance from the young guy. Career-high, 35, laid it on the line every play down the stretch. Found his shot in this one. He went three for six from downtown, finally. That was a huge game from Jaw, and I, I suspect we'll have many more of those to come. Dame had another 31, obviously. He hit huge shots in the third to like combat that grizzly- like surging grizzly run during that time um and he went to the line 14 times he went 14 for 14 i mean dame was in attack mode all night uh both bigs played awesome did you see Nurkic? like 20 and 20 game man and he looked exhausted during the first quarter and he mm-hmm. was out there for 41 minutes
1: Yep. Yeah. and then cj at the end of the game taking over oh my playing God. that little role just hitting dagger after dagger
0: what a stud dude has a broken back and he's out there playing the assassin card my boy Gary Trent Jr. Poor dude could not do anything. Yeah,
1: he he didn't really impact the game much. He had maybe a couple shots down the stretch that I saw. But yeah, he was a, he was a background player in this one.
0: Yeah, I thought he'd he'd do a little bit more. But but he didn't do as much. And yeah, and so down the stretch when... Man, CJ was taking poor John Morant to town. It was it was a little underwhelming, I guess, on the defensive end. But John's got a lot of growing to do on that end, so... Yeah, that's
1: the scariest thing about that Memphis team and Ja in particular, that he has so much room to grow um, because as well as he played at times down the stretch, he had three huge turnovers in the fourth quarter that kind of ruined their chances of ever winning that game. They were, uh, they were they were deer breakers. And then obviously the struggles from three, maybe not in this game, but he was shooting, I believe like 22%, 23% from the three-point line um, yeah, the bubble, over the yeah. course of the bubble. So that's... Uh, something he needs to work on, I think. I think he will work on it. He's not going to go the Westbrook route and never become a good three-point shooter. I think he's going to add that to his arsenal.
0: Yeah, I I agree. Yeah, I think that is that is scary, just how much better he can be. Um, I guess we say that with all young guys, but with this guy in particular, you can... Because he sees the floor, right? He's already got the stuff that you can't really teach, which is like that floor vision and that innate sense of like where everybody is um, that Mm you really want to see in your point guard. Yeah, so... He's going to be awesome for years to watch. Um last thing I'll say about that game, Brandon Clark turning into Clay Thompson. Where the heck did that come from?
1: Yeah, he's got a real jank shot too. It's really it's rigid weird. and kind of
0: kind of funny looking, but it was going in. It the weirdest thing for me is that I kind of thought like this is insane. This is so out of character for him. Um because I didn't think he was a very good shooter, right? But I I looked at his stats. And he's a better shooter than you think. He was a 35.9% mm-hmm. three-point shooter this year. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not bad. That's that's yeah. pretty good. He didn't yeah, show exactly. it at Gonzaga, so I guess we just didn't know he had this in his arsenal. But, wow. Yeah, he challenged some illo- inner Clay Thompson there. Um, and Melo, man. Huge shot down. Like, he was cold in most of the game, but he hit the yeah. most important three of the game to seal this mm-hmm. one.
1: He's been doing it all bubble. He's hit Melo. so many clutch shots. He's, he's really shut up all those people that were trying to, you know, end his career prematurely.
0: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So uh, let's get into the Western Conference. Um, I mean, I had some other tiny thoughts. Like, you know, did you see Vlade is done in Sacktown? You know, they, they...
1: Yeah, I did see try. that. Uh, I think it's a long time coming. And yeah. uh, my prediction is that they're going to make the playoffs next year.
0: <laughs> That's a good prediction. Although it's going to be packed in the West, man. The West is going to be ridiculous. There's going to be like 14 teams with close to a winning record it's going to be insane um but yeah i yeah. agree yeah i think the Doncic bagley thing was the straw that broke the camel's back like how do you mess that up literally nobody except for sacramento thought that was the play to take bagley mm-hmm. like yeah. the discussion back like that's not revisionist history anyway either like revisionist history would be saying let's go back and obviously Doncic was the choice over Aton because that was not true at the time the discussion was between uh Aiden and Doncic. like that was a real discussion but there was no discussion for Bagley. And yet Sacramento tried to get cute again. Like when they took Giorgio's Papayanis. Like, what are you doing, guys? <laughs> Come on. Um, and then the Bulls fired Boylan. Fired Galaxy Brain Boylan there. So I'm, I'm happy for them. <laughs> Looked look like for a second they might talk themselves into keeping him. <laughs> which is that's scary. But Karnishevis came to his senses, as their GM. And, uh, yeah, the Bulls will probably have a real coach now. So that's cool. All right. So Western Conference preview. Let's do it. Uh, I assume you want to talk about the Lakers right off the bat.
1: Yeah, since we were talking about the Blazers, uh, yeah. I think this is the might be one of the most exciting uh, Western Conference matches in the first round, at least.
0: Sorry, I was taking a drink of water. Um, yeah, uh, I think it will be exciting, mostly just because of the, the trajectories of these two teams, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, the, before, before the hiatus, I think the Lakers were the closest of all the teams to a lock for a finals berth, right? Um, yeah, they
1: were looking good. They were look,
0: mm-hmm. We were looking really good, really nice. Um, and now I think it's quite the opposite. I think we've been on a downwards trend this entire bubble, um, whether it's because we're missing players or just because we haven't played well. We are the worst offense in the bubble. Yeah, uh, We're averaging under 100 points per game, only <laughs> team. Uh, so we've got a lot to figure out. And then at the same time, the Blazers are on this meteoric rise um and we have to contend with that um all that said i i do think this is going to be pretty simple who's going to guard lebron and ad to some extent, yeah. right i mean the blazers are exhausted they have literally no wing players they don't have a reason in the bubble um and you mm-hmm. saw it down the stretch of every game they just got more and more exhausted right every game down this fight to the eighth seed i mean the blazers are just they've laid it out there on the court every night but there comes a time when when that'll you know there comes a reckoning for that you know putting that much effort out and i think they're just exhausted um and i mean what are they going to use mellow to guard lebron come on please come on, son yeah this isn't high school anymore i don't think
1: Melo has the quickness of feet to stay with him and
0: that yeah that's the
1: key this is going to be a little different series than the rest of them if the lakers win that they're going to play this year where lebron needs to put aside trying to get everybody involved like he's been doing in the bubble and just dominate this is a this has to be a classic lebron series where he just scores 35 a game because there's no like you said there's nobody that can guard him uh portland has size to try and combat you know anthony davis and our our tandem of bigs um in mcgee and dwight howard uh so a lot of the scoring is going to have to come from lebron getting to the rim hitting shots getting to the line all that good stuff
0: yeah that's a great point because uh you're right. He generally tries to get his teammates involved, especially during first series and playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think you're right. I think this has to be takeover time. Because just of the matchup, you know, there's nobody to guard him. Meanwhile, like you said, they have some bigs at least to throw at AD. Um, yeah, so I, I think it'll be interesting. I really hope that the, the horrible Blazers defense is the cure-all that we need for our offense in a weird way. Um, that'd be cool. Uh, yeah I mean I don't have much more to say I feel like we've been analyzing the Lakers and the Blazers every single podcast so um, I got nothing more to say I think I think it'll be tough but I think pretty comfortably I can say the Lakers will take this series
1: yeah um, the one thing I have to say if I could talk to the Lakers is don't let them hang around don't let this go to a sixth or seventh game because if Dame or CJ gets hot you're putting yourself in an opportunity to get bounced in the first round.
0: That's, that's a good point. Yeah, they can't take this not seriously. You know, this is a team that's that's shown their force to be reckoned with. So, Yeah, can't
1: um, do the classic Lakers slow start. We got to hit them in the mouth and win in five games.
0: Right, right. We, from the get-go, we got to be out there at aggressive. Um, I, You're 100% on the money there. Um, okay, so do you have a prediction for this series? I have Lakers in six. That's what I have, too. I I think the Lakers struggle a bit, but they put the Blazers away in six. Uh, I'm on Mm -hmm. 100%. All right, cool. So we're in lockstep right now. Nice. Um, Let's move on to the next series. Uh, How about we go to Rockets Thunder? Probably the most intriguing series here.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously Westbrook is going to be out for likely a few games. Um, We don't know the timeline of his return. Um, he hasn't been reevaluated yet, so this gives the Thunder an opportunity to win the series. I mean, I don't think anybody really thinks they're prepared enough to beat this a healthy Rockets team, um, but if they get a couple-game head start with no Westbrook, they might
0: as well take him out. Yeah, yeah, you're right. We don't know how much time Westbrook could be missing. It could be one game. It could be the whole series. We, we have no idea. Quad injuries yeah. are tough. Um, hint, hint, Kawhi. Uh, yeah especially uh, for a guy
1: of his play style
0: yeah yeah for a guy who's so explosive and relies on that explosiveness uh basically to get everything that he gets during a game that's that's tough injury it's not easy i remember getting some quad injuries back in in college when i was uh was i was running and as soon as you try and pick up speed man you, you could be fine just kind of jogging along um and then as soon as you try and change speed and momentum that thing flares up and hurts really really bad <laughs> and it, yeah. it really limits your mobility so um yeah we'll see um some interesting points i think from this series the thunder don't take a lot of threes they're actually 27th in attempts this year at 30.2 per game and they don't shoot it amazingly you know they're they're, they're fine they're middle of the pack they're like 18th and three-point percentage at 35.5 but they're not great um, meanwhile, their opponents, the Rockets, I mean, are the polar opposite. They shoot the most mm-hmm. threes in the league. Surprise, surprise, right? But 45.3 attempts per game. That's a difference of 15 threes per game attempted. That's insane. Yeah, that's,
1: that's, that is incredible. And they, the Thunder don't really have many catch and shoot guys. Right. They've got guys like Chris Paul that can pull up because he's always has the ball in his hands. And same thing with Shea. He's more of a rhythm shooter. Um, so yeah, it's going to be interesting. They're really going to have to defend the three point line and keep those makes down,
0: or else they're going to get buried behind those points and have to do something drastic to catch up. Yeah, you could you could see a scenario where the Rockets just rain and find themselves behind by 20. Flash, right? Mm-hmm. Um, which is is really scary. Um, the counterpoint would be that they have a lot of guards to throw at the situation. They have a lot of guards to throw at Harden, right? Like they just have guys that they can throw at him on in waves, uh, starting with Lou Dort, man. Lou Gens Dort. Uh, that dude's a mm-hmm. stud. Everybody has right now, but like stud. if you watch him play defense, you realize why. Like he's insane. He's like a young Andre Roberson, except I think he's even better. Like this dude could have all all defense team nods in his future for sure.
1: Yeah, I agree. That's that's one advantage they have. They're very well equipped defensively. Uh, to hang with this Rockets team
0: yeah because they got Lou to throw at him at at Harden they got SGA they got Schroeder for a bit maybe maybe even Andre Roberson if he's really back they got Terrence Ferguson they got guys to just throw at Harden in waves um, which is probably the most important thing when dealing with him just always having somebody to wear him down and to be fresh and not fall for his tricks so uh, especially with, with Westbrook out right they can really hone in on him
1: um, is Eric Gordon going to be back? Have we received news of that?
0: We've not. I haven't seen any news on that um, so far. Uh, yeah, it's it's looking sketchy. I know that Schroeder's back. I know that he finally cleared quarantine, so he'll be playing in this series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's yeah he's
1: going to be back. Um, well, it looks like uh, Gordon is going to return on Wednesday.
0: Oh, um, okay. So maybe not for the first game, so, but uh, wow, yeah. Very cool. Cause he's yeah. huge. So that. that's
1: going to be big. Yeah. That was my big point was if they're down Gordon and Westbrook, then Harden's going to have to do something spectacular to pull out a couple wins, but that helps them. That has to alleviate some pain. He's a guy that can get hot and then put up some numbers. If, if other guys are struggling,
0: let's just hope he comes back as the uh, Eric Gordon of old and not. Uh, Cause earlier this year and last year when he would come back mm-hmm. from injury, he looked like garbage like caught garbage or yeah, he, 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 he struggled. struggled, uh, he just couldn't find a shot. He couldn't get to the rim. He couldn't do anything. So let's hope that this mm-hmm. isn't, you know, this isn't that kind of setback for him because otherwise they might still be in trouble despite him coming back. Um, mm-hmm. I think another thing to point out is, uh, is the rebounding battle because, uh, that's one thing where you, most teams try to take advantage of the rockets, right? They try and take advantage of their small size. them am trotting out nobody taller than six, eight, and they try and get a lot of offensive boards and and second chance opportunities Mm -hmm. um and weirdly the thunder even with steven adams are not a great rebounding team like steven adams is their best rebounder and first of all who does he match up with that's tough who's he gonna guard with with especially with westbrook out like generally teams have been devolving to putting their big man on westbrook and having them just sit in the paint um because he Mm -hmm. sucks from three um without westbrook it's gonna be four shooters around Harden. like who's adam's guard um, and, and secondly, even with him in the lineup, they're not a great rebounding team. They're 21st per 100 possessions in total rebounding this year and 30th in offensive rebounding this year, like last in the mm. league. So they're not built to take advantage of one of the biggest flaws of this Rockets team, which is a little scary.
1: Yeah, um, I think there's going to be situations where you can't even play Adams just because they're going to play their small, small lineup and you're going to have all these guards running around and, he might get exposed on the perimeter. Um, it's going to be interesting. It's, it's always interesting to see teams try to match up with this Rockets team, what they decide to do. Are they going to do the trap-hardened thing? Are they going to go big? Are they going to match with small guys? It's it's going to be very interesting on the coaching front.
0: Yeah, it'll, <laughs> it'll be a battle of wits there. Um, we'll see who comes out on top. Ooh, I think my last point for this is just CP3, right? We have to mention mm-hmm. him. Um, I mean, he's the point god. And he's been driving this team all year, but so I was listening to the Zach low podcast, you know, the low post um, shout out to Zach low. Great. Listen, if you ever, ever had another podcast you want to listen to. Um, but he was talking about how CP three really likes to historically abuse the big man, right? Mm-hmm. he Hunts the one-on-one matchup with the big band. And then he dances around and gets a little space and pulls off his jumper or the guy's too close and he just drives around him to the rim. There's no big man for him to abuse in this series. And I think there's some truth to that. I mean, He's not going to be able to create space against Robert Covington like he could against, say, Clint Capella, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that mid-range game, the takeover floaters, that stuff like those shots, he might not be able to get those as easily, given his, you know, his van- his advanced age, and you know, he's slowed down. I think that's fair to say. Um, he's still gr- amazing, but uh, he slowed down. Um, however, to combat that point, I think his greatness, more so than taking advantage of big guys in space, has been his ability to just manipulate the game for all forty-eight minutes. And he's a little yeah. LeBron-like in that sense, right? Um, uh-huh. And given how the Rockets basically don't play defense for 42 of the 48 minutes, I think that'll that'll actually be way more impactful than his, you know, they're not being a big man for him to abuse.
1: I agree. That's a, that's a very good point. What's your uh, prediction for the the series here?
0: Yeah, for this series, I, I think regardless of whether Westbrook plays, right? Like we're we're kind of picking in absentia of that knowledge, but I. I think regardless of whether or not he plays, it's going to be a tough series. And so if he doesn't play for a decent amount of games, if he doesn't play for, say, three of the seven games, I think it's going seven, and I pick the Thunder in seven.
1: Okay. I I have uh, the Rockets in six, actually. You have the
0: Rockets in six.
1: Yeah. yeah. I believe believe in this new Rockets team. I think if Westbrook comes back healthy, even if he doesn't, I think Harden's going to at least get out of the first round. I think he's going to put on an amazing performance. And burn out like he usually does, but it <laughs> looks like he's well rested right now.
0: Yeah, I can't in good conscience take the Rockets. I hate them so much. I just I hate what they've put me through the last three years in terms of their style of play and their complaining and uh, just everything surrounding that team. So yeah. I, I have to pick the Thunder. So yeah, maybe I'm picking more with my heart than my head, but let's go CP three. I believe in you, buddy. Um <laughs> Yeah. All right. So Thunder and seven for me, Rockets and Six for you. Let, we're a little distance from each other in that one, but that's fine. That's fine. We should disagree on some of these, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So the next series, you want to go Denver jazz or Mavs Clippers? What's your pick your poison?
1: Uh, let's do Denver jazz. I think it might be the less exciting of the two. Yeah. Um, but I think it's got a lot of weight to how it's going to affect um, the future of the playoffs. Um, yeah, I'm with you there. I don't know if everybody is aware, but It seems like Conley has left the bubble to to be with his uh, partner for the birth of their son. Yep. So, um, given how long that might take uh, for him before he returns, and then the whole quarantine thing, it's very likely he misses two to three games. I think might be. I mean, he might
0: just miss the whole series, right?
1: Yeah. So that puts a big damper on the Jazz because as although he struggled a little bit in the regular season, he seemed like he was finding his role more in the bubble, and for a team that's already down a starter and really doesn't have that much offensive firepower, it's kind of a big hit for the Jazz.
0: Oh, it's a huge hit. Yeah, I'm with you there. I think this is kind of an auto, auto L here for the Jazz. I think mm-hmm. I think they've lost too much without Bogdan and now without Conley. They just don't have enough offensive firepower. I mean, we've seen this movie before. This is essentially yeah. without those two guys. This is the Jazz from years past, with basically just Dono against the world, right? Um, yep. And you know, we, like I said, we've seen this before. It, it's enough to send Westbrook and Paul George packing, but that's pretty much it. They're the only team that they've beaten of consequence in the last two years. So, um, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a wrap pretty soon based on this news. Uh, they just don't have enough to keep up with the with Denver. <laughs> Um, yep. I think MPJ Agreed. is going to be huge in this series. I think Michael Porter Jr. is going to go to town and have a even more of a coming out party than he had in the bubble. Um, I think uh, I'm super excited to see that Murray Jokic mind meld back to its old tricks. You know, um, like they do this crazy thing, and I know people have talked about this before, but they do this crazy thing where like um, classic pick and roll is guard with ball, big man screening. And they do it yeah. inverted, right? Where they give it to Jokic, and then Murray screens for him, and they do this weird reverse pick and roll where Jokic is the point guard and Murray is the slasher, and it's and, and or the popper or whatever. And they have this just like mind meld with each other, where they always know where each other is on the field, on the floor. Yeah, um, uh-huh. Uh-huh. I'm super excited to see that in action, um, especially with the MPJ factor in there. I think that'll meld well rather than clash heads more than anything. Um, I agree. It's a good point. So, what's your uh, prediction? Yeah, so given that news, my prediction is Denver in five. I think this is going to be a a quick series here for for the Nugs. I've got the same thing.
1: I think the Jazz will be able to pull out one, um, but I just don't see them in a close playoff type battle winning any more than that.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's just too much, and it's too bad because they've they've fought this year, right? They fought through yeah. these uh-huh. you know, absences, these injuries, this lack of chemistry. Um, but, yeah, I don't think it's enough. I, I believe in these young nuggets, and I think it's their time to ascend.
1: I agree.
0: Okay, last last series, Maz versus Clippers. Um, what you this
1: got? is probably going to be the most fun one to watch, I think.
0: It might be, yeah, with all the star power in this one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the Mavs shoot the second most threes per game to the Rockets uh, this year. They shoot 41.1 per game, and they do so at a much better clip than the Rockets, who actually don't shoot it that well. I forgot to mention that. The Rockets only shoot it at a 34.5% clip, um, yep. which is really bad. Um, but the yeah, the Mavs shoot it at the 10th best clip in the league, at 36.7%, mm-hmm. and they chuck up the second most. So they're basically a better version of what the Rockets want to be on offense. Um, and so I think that'll be really fun. I actually think that's worth a game or two against the Clippers here because in the grand scheme of things, I think it's it's no stretch to say the Clips will take this one easy. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think each game is going to be close. And I think this is going to be kind of what we see throughout history, a classic NBA matchup where it's just time for a young up and coming star, a young up and coming all time great to to take his lumps against a stud team, you know, Jordan against the Pistons, LeBron against the Celtics, young Shaq against the Pacers and bulls. You know, it's just time for Doncic to take his lumps in meaningful games and kind of rise to that challenge. Um, mm-hmm. uh, because honestly, the Clippers have two of the best answers for a guy like Doncic in the league. They have two amazing defensive wings, probably the best two defensive wings in the entire league that they can throw at him and rotate. Uh, plus a bunch of role guys, they can rotate on him all game. So He's going to get waves and waves and waves of annoying, pesky defenders from Paul George to stupid Pat Bev. So um, it's going to be a tough, tough series for Doncic. I don't expect him to shoot particularly well in this one, but I do think he'll have some moments.
1: Yeah, that's that's a good observation. Um, I mean, b- piggybacking off your point, it's going to be a, kind of a learning curve for these young Mavs because I'm sure they're aware they're not the best team defensively, but I think it's... Uh, it's going to be different when they're going up against a team for four, five, six games, and they're exposing their their tendencies and their weak links and their, um, you know, their worst defensive players. It's going to be kind of a wake up call that okay, we've got the talent, we've got the we've got this you know depth, but defense needs to be a priority going into the off season.
0: Yeah, um, I agree. Defense needs to be a priority because they just need to make it a lot better. They, they clearly have the offense figured out. That's not a problem. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you. Focus on the defense in the offseason. Try and bump that up. Maybe, you know, get some defensive studs in here or maybe just get a new defensive coach. I don't really know what their situation is back there. But I think maybe because it's so one-sided um, and, and – Trez is actually expected to clear quarantine in time for game one in the series. So I think the full uh-huh. Voltron assembled Clippers will be, be ready to go, which is scary. Um, I think the, a more interesting question, I guess is who do you think is going to be the MVP of the series? Cause it's going to be from the Clippers probably. Right. Um, but do you think it's going to be take over Kawhi or do you think Paul George is going to get his cheap sh- moment to shine here in this first round series?
1: Um, maybe it'll be Lou
0: or Trez. I don't know.
1: I think it's going to be Kawhi. I think he is the alpha dog. Uh, obviously, Paul George gets his moments where he takes over, but I think he's going to expose the lack of defensive talent on the Mavs and just get to his spots and just surgically cut him up for 28, 29, 30 points a game. Yeah, I um, can see that happening. And then <laughs> I think with the tandem of both of them guarding Luca, I think he's going to diminish how, how efficient Luca is. Luca's still going to put up his numbers, but... Um, I think that they're really going to assert their dominance and really, you know, put these guys in their place.
0: So, how many technicals is Pat Bev going to rack up?
1: I think he's going to get th- three. Three. I think he'll kill. He'll get two or three. Um, I think he'll stop going into the
0: next round because he doesn't want to get suspended. But I think he's going to push his limits here in the in the first series. Yeah, I'm with you. I think if you were to place an over under, I think it'd be a two and a half. So I think, <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> He is just a menace, man. I don't know if I love him or hate him. Uh, All right, so what do you pick in this series?
1: Despite how dominant the Clippers are going to be, I still think the Mavs, no, they can't pull out more than one win. I'm going Clippers in five.
0: Yeah, that's what I have, too. I mean, uh, I want to believe the Mavs will push them for two games. Even three? Three would be awesome if we got a game seven here, but... I think the Clips are just too much. They're too experienced. They I have agree. too many proven guys. Um, yeah. and it's This is a really young Mavs team with just not a lot of answers defensively. So I'm with you. Clips in five. It's short, sweet. Today. All right. Wow. So we were, we were pretty efficient there. We got through all those games. Um, yeah, we
1: didn't linger. I think we've talked about these teams enough where we already know that what they are, what they're consisted of. And now it's more just the matchups between the teams.
0: Right, right. I think you you hit a spot on there. Um, We've talked about them so much in these last few pods that we know everything we've got to say. Um, They know who they are. We know who they are. The only questions are really like, will the Lakers get it together offensively? Will Westbrook be back in time to help? Will the Jazz get a game on Denver? I don't know. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh, These are all questions that uh, we'll answer. We'll answer pretty soon. Games start tomorrow on Monday. So that'll be fun. That'll be super fun um so we're gonna record the eastern conference preview um as a separate podcast and we're gonna do so later today i think we'll do it later today um so we'll post this one first and then we'll post that one a little later uh mm-hmm. we'll make sure to get them both up before the games tomorrow because we we do have round one starting tomorrow bright and early 10 30 a.m jazz versus nuggets
1: possibly the worst one to start off with
0: but hey possibly the worst one to start What, yeah that's really bad but later that day we get mavs clippers and 76ers celtics which i think is going to be an interesting series so um it'll be great man i'm so psyched for playoff basketball and i'm psyched to be taking this like three or four games at a time instead of 12 Agreed. yeah that'll that'll be good (laughs) nice break for us okay so good job today jake uh for all our listeners out there i hope you're having a great lazy sunday and we will see you in the next one get a boo get a boo Jake peace